Welcome to Sisters and Spirits Paranormal Podcast. I'm Veronica. And I'm Kara, and we're here today to talk about some spooky stuff. All right, everyone. Welcome back to Sisters and Spirits Paranormal Podcast. Those of you on Patreon can see that Kara is in a different place than she usually is. Yay! Because Yay. she has got a new house, which is very exciting. I did! We bought a house. I'm not lying on a bed. I'm on a real desk with a real chair. It's it's exciting. Moving it, up in the world. It's not a real room. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's not, not a real, real room, room yet, but it will be. No, no. We're still very much in the moving process. I have a toilet in my living room right now, so <laughs> it's it's a mess. Yeah, so, but... It will be really awesome eventually. Eventually. So so today we are going to talk about all of those scary stories you hear about people who move into a new house and find out it's haunted. Because, I mean, obviously that's what's going to (laughs) happen. But first, as always, we're going to talk about some drinking. I have a semi-on-topic drink, kind of. It's topic-adjacent. So I have this wine. It's called I Am Detroit. And given Detroit's history over the past few years, I'm guessing there's a lot of people moving into haunted houses. Um, yeah, the, because people are fleeing Detroit. Yeah. And it, it got a little murdery there for a while. So I'm guessing there's a lot of haunted houses there. <laughs> so it's kind of on topic. For a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so what, what kind of drinks you got there today? I'm drinking Bud Light. I'm supposed to be drinking wine, but <laughs> we bought a bunch of bottles of wine, but we don't have a wine opener in the house yet. Oh, so no. <laughs> I had to go to Walgreens and buy Bud Light. So beer so. it is. <laughs> so beer it is, yeah. So I hear you had quite a interesting experience while you were house hunting. Yeah, so we were house hunting down in South Florida for quite a while. We saw many houses came. Obviously, when you're house hunting, you walk in and out of so many houses. Mm -hmm. We were seeing like seven or eight a day. And yeah, I only had one that I knew was haunted. Like I walked in it. It was an older house. Um, I'm not going to say where it was because I don't want to give it traction. But it was in South Florida. And I walked in, it was this older house. I would say it was built maybe in the forties or fifties, judging by the architecture. Um, clearly it had been renovated since then. And like that typical Spanish South Florida style that South Floridians love Spanish style homes. Um, they had kind of done that to it, but it was very split level. It was tri-level split. So you had the kitchen was actually like, downstairs and then there was this middle area that had the living room and then like upstairs was the bedrooms and each level was split between like five stairs so it wasn't very high like you didn't have to go up an entire flight of stairs to get to each level and I walked from the living room I was immediately drawn to the upstairs I immediately went up there I turned I went into this this bedroom and I very quickly felt how do I say this? A presence. <laughs> I just very quickly felt that somebody was in there. Somebody was watching me. Somebody didn't really like me in his area. And I kind of took note of that. And I kind of like was very respectful. And I was like, okay, I'm going to walk out now. And I walked out of the room into the other bedroom. And I could tell that I was kind of being followed. Like, <laughs> if I'm going to sound crazy to people who've never experienced paranormal activity before, but if you have felt strong presence, you, you, you know what I'm talking about where it was just, I very felt very clearly that somebody was, was following me into the other bedroom and, but keeping a distance, I would say they were just kind of curious and watching me. I didn't feel threatened. I didn't feel anger. I just kind of felt what the hell are you doing in my house? (laughs) that kind of energy. And I walked downstairs and my mother-in-law and my husband, uh, at the time they went outside. There was like a, there was on a small canal and there was a small pool and they were in this, like the backyard and they walked out to there and they were looking at the canal and the pool. 
And there was this large window that the one bedroom was facing. And I looked up into that bedroom window. (sighs) How do I say this without sounding like a weirdo? I could just tell somebody was staring at me through that window. So was it a feeling or you could see them? It was a feeling. I didn't see anything. I never sat. It was just this very, very strong feeling of being watched. And I went and, you know, we looked at the dock. The dock was like in complete shambles and was complete wreck. And we sat and we were talking about, you know, the work that would need to be done on it. And then I turned around again and the feeling was gone. It was like, okay, no, they clearly moved. And we went back into the house. We looked at the kitchen. We went back up and then... Uh, the realtor and my husband were in the living room talking and I took that time to go back upstairs into that room and test it out again. And I was in that room and I could just feel, I don't know, I felt this like weird space and this weird energy. And, and I made a little hand gesture that I pointed to myself and then I did the okay symbol, like, like I'm okay. Like come talk immediately. I felt a cold chill just rush over me. I felt the temperature change. I felt the air come down. Like I had this cold chill and the atmosphere like completely changed. And I started crying, like immediately started crying because it really felt like somebody was like, oh my God, you can see me. Like, you know, I'm here. Like, I'm like excited and like, and I started crying and I had to like fight back tears because obviously if I had come downstairs and the realtor and my mother-in-law and my husband were to see me and I'm crying, they'd be like, what the hell's wrong with you? Right. So like I had to like pull myself together and I had to take a couple of seconds and then I like waved goodbye and I was like, and I like did a little heart symbol and I like was like wave goodbye and the cold, it warmed up. The wow. temperature warmed up again and I felt a temperature change and it was like whatever had been next to me kind of like stepped back. And then I walked downstairs and obviously we didn't end up buying that house. Um, it needed a lot of work. So did, did the um, ghost situation have anything to do with buying the no, house or not buying the house? No, no, the house was just in, and it needed a lot of work and was kind of overpriced uh-huh. and for the amount of work that needed to be done. I don't want to try level house. I don't um, want my kitchen downstairs and my living room upstairs. Right. I mean, it had nothing to do with. Obviously, I'm the only one who felt anything. Right. My husband and my mother-in-law and the realtor were living in, like, complete la-la land right. in terms of that. I so, so. I did get a feeling that it was an older gentleman who just was really attached to the place that he yeah. like it, he didn't die there he just lived there for a very long time and loved his time there. Yeah. So and the house I think was built in the early forties, the late forties, early fifties. So yeah. it was an older house. And that's so. So you you were you were close. You almost had one of these. I moved into a haunted haunted house. Ex- experiences that start all of the movies <laughs> true very true but and somebody else it, likely will now because yeah no, somebody somebody's gonna buy that house yeah. and i just hope they know that it's it's occupied <laughs> you, like i said it wasn't very it wasn't threatening i yeah. think i think whoever does live there I, I hope that they love it and take care of it i don't think they'll have a problem yeah so basically, they'll, they'll just have a roommate that's invisible. Yeah, that they just can't see. Yeah, that's right. fine. So, that's better than the roommates you can see because I mean, I have some horror stories that have nothing to do with ghosts. When it comes yeah, to some of those are way more terrifying than any ghost that you possibly could have. <laughs> I would rather an invisible roommate who's just kind of territorial over one room than um, the past roommates that I've had back yeah. when I was in college and stuff. Like, I would take that any day. Yeah, I would for any sure day. take a nice ghost or even a mediocre ghost over a crappy human roommate. For sure. No question. So I kind of have a moving into a haunted house story. Um I'm not 100% sure. I did not actually have any full-on experiences. Um, and anyone who knows us... I'm very 
curious to hear your side of this story. Right, so this is I have mine. Yeah. So this is one of those houses. Um, I explained in the very first episode that sometimes our past gets a little weird. So we both lived in this house. A little. A little. So we both lived in this house, but we did not live there at the same time. So Kara was living there mostly with our mom. Our uncle lived there for a while as well. And when they moved out, I was renting the house basically from our mom. So we didn't live there at the same time. So when I moved in and full disclosure on all of this, pretty much every experience I had in this house, I can explain away logically. Pretty much. More more or less. Because I can't. Well, and here, here's the weird thing. Like, and this is really strange. I don't have a huge recollection of not only anything paranormal happening in the house, but living in the house at all. I don't have very much memory from being there, which in and of itself is kind that's, of strange. <laughs> because I lived there. No, for that's called that's called trauma and <laughs> we naturally block it out. Right. Like I, I lived, I think I lived there for like five or six years. Like, so we did a lot of things there and I can't say that I didn't really have any memories. Like I remember we had a lot of Halloween parties there, which was fun. Um, but the thing that was really, really weird is, and I've always had nightmares. I've always had issues with sleep paralysis and that sort of thing. But when I was in that house, it was like 10 times worse than it ever had been in any house before or any house since. It was nightmares to the point that I would sleepwalk and that I would jump out of bed screaming. Like before I was awake, my husband came in one time and we were newlyweds at the time. So he was probably like, oh my God, what the hell did I just get myself into? Because... He came in to the room one time because he heard me screaming and I was crouched like behind the bed, pointing up at the corner of the ceiling, screaming and screaming and screaming because I saw a two foot long like spider that was going to jump down and attack me. Now, we live in Ohio. We don't have spiders that get two feet big. Like that's not a thing we have here. (laughs) So that's some Florida shit. Right. This this was not a Florida house. There, there was it wasn't Australia. There, there was no giant spiders here that can kill me. So I would have stuff like that. I would constantly have sleep paralysis where like I felt like something was coming down the hall at me and I couldn't move. And I like was trying and trying to scream and couldn't scream. And it happened. And like I said, it's kind of easy to explain away because. First of all, I've always had sleeping issues. I've had nightmares. I've had all kinds of issues. Genetics. Yeah. And also, there was a lot of stress while I was in the house. Not that it was like a bad time in my life or anything, but I personally was under a lot of stress. It was the first time I had lived away from my parents. Um, And my first time living away from my parents was moving in with my husband. It was a little bit before we actually got married, but so... I was getting used to being married. I was getting used to living away from my family. We had no money. I had like three jobs. There was one point where I, there were a couple days a week where I was working 20 hour days. And so there was a lot of stress. And so I can kind of like blame it on that. There's (laughs) a lot of dynamics that go into that housing situation that is beyond above and beyond any podcast. Like even if we had a regular podcast, like we can't even dig into that. That that it was a very stress I was a child at the time and I was living under a stressful situation. So that that would go on our crazy family podcast. (laughs) Yeah. That would even that, even that, like I don't even want to dig into that. But it was a very stressful time for everybody involved. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was. And especially if you were working 20 hour weeks, I can't even imagine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There was like, because what, what mm-hmm. I was doing is I had a night job and then I had like a couple days a week. There was maybe just like an hour in between me getting off of my night job and then I would go get breakfast and then go into my day job. <laughs> and I was pretty much well, just living on caffeine. So I always kind of just blamed have- it on that biological factors 
Right. But let's give the people a little bit more information yeah. on what was going on when I lived there before you did. Yes. Uh, my uncle, who I'm still very protective and very, to this day, very, I, I still miss him very, very much. Because he's an amazing person. Yes. He was an amazing person. He was um, homeless in Hawaii for a very long time. And my mom and I, once he got diagnosed with cancer, he came to live with my mom and I in this house. And he lived there for two and a half, almost three years before he got put into hospice. And he lived there and he took care of me and he took care of, um, and he watched over me and him and I had some really great times. He was a very great guy. And he lived in the room right across from mine. I was like, there was like the master bedroom and there was this kind of like little like weird L-shaped kind of situation. And then there was like two other bedrooms and he lived in the bedroom right across from me. And my uncle, if anybody who's ever met him, they would tell you he was kind of a playful yeah. spirit. <laughs> very, he liked to mess with people. He liked pranks. He was very silly. Um, and he would he would constantly prank me. And for anybody who's met me, you're fucking with an expert. <laughs> like it, it, like he would try to scare me. Like he would seriously like set an alarm in his bedroom for like four o'clock in the morning and would like like start knocking on my bedroom door and like start creaking the bedroom door and opening the bedroom door and I'd be like shut the fuck up I'm trying to sleep and like he would like in the middle of the night like jump into my like wah like down the hallway and try to scare me and it just it never worked it never worked because like I said you're fucking with an expert <laughs> I know I know what you're thinking before you're thinking it even when I was I was like 11 10 11 12 13 at this time like I was very young now, unfortunately, um, the cancer kind of got a toll on him. He moved into hospice and he eventually passed away. It was after this that my mother and I kind of hit on hard times. Things started changing, not for the better. And I went through withdrawals with missing him. I held several seances into that in that house trying to contact him. You never told me that. You didn't tell me I moved into a house that there you were doing seances in. Well, now you know. <laughs> um, there was one time, though, um, one of the things my uncle would do was go, there was a little third bedroom in that house. It was a very big house for any of you who can't figure out by now. It was a large house. Um, there was another bedroom that was just used as a computer office room. And he would go into this room and play spider solitaire. And after he died, you would hear the computer turn on and spider solitaire would just start to play. And you would hear the cards shuffling. And anybody who's played spider solitaire, you know, that the cards like, Ding, 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 they like shuffle out and it makes a very distinct noise and you would hear that you would hear the computer turn on you would hear doors closing and stuff and nobody believed me and I do wonder how much of it was due to what was actually going on or due to maybe kind of trauma <laughs> that's like the brain wishing that he was still right. around and yeah. he was still there so that I kind of I wasn't able to grieve properly and I wasn't able to experience trauma properly back then due to external factors that are for another podcast. Right. But there was, I, I wasn't able to grieve properly, but like I said, I was holding seances quite regularly trying to contact him because things were going on in the house that made me think that like, Oh, he's still here. I mean, I used to, I remember telling you about it. Like, no, Uncle Paul's still here. He he haunts it. And even when you moved in, I was like, you need to be careful. He walks up and down the stairs. Like, I remember you were moving in. I was like, he walks up and down the stairs. He walks from his bedroom to the computer room. You're going to experience that. Just like, whatever. But like, yeah, no, I held several seances. And I clearly didn't know what I was doing. So 
who knows so who what, knows what's what in that I, who knows what's in that house now who knows what i did like and, i would seriously like steal candles from my mom and shit and like hold seances in my bedroom by myself <laughs> so so that house is good haunted. luck to whoever's living in that good, house yeah good luck okay so two three really weird things now about that that reminded me of so first of all and i never really considered this weird at the time again i thought it was just something i was doing out of stress but now that you're saying this, I feel like maybe it's super weird. I got like super addicted to spider solitaire while I was living there. Not any other place that I've lived. Like, I don't play it now. I never played it before. Like, but when I was living there, I was always on the computer playing either that or one of the other solitaires. Like I was always on there playing those like mindless games. And I had assumed it was because I was under so much stress, I just needed to shut my brain down. But now I'm wondering if maybe that's not the reason. You would... Are you kidding me? No. I, and I never thought anything of it, honestly. Like, at all. I just assumed that it was something I was doing <laughs> because I was stressed out and I needed to just sit and do nothing because everything else in my life was so hard. I'm not joking. He would spend like hours out of his day playing but spider solitaire and salt. Like here's here's the other thing though that it, it, don't tell me it was in that computer room too. I honestly don't remember what room was the computer room, but here's the there was like the three bedrooms and an L one, shape. So here's so that's not where I was playing spider solitaire because we had the computer downstairs. Okay. But here's okay. the really weird thing about what I think is that room. So you're talking about the one at the very end of the hall on the left. Yeah. You know, my bedroom was the one, there was the two bedrooms facing across so, from each other. And then there was the first room here. And then the bathroom was like catty corner to that room. So that was the computer. Room. So there's a room. His bedroom was the one directly across from mine. So there's a, there was a room there that I used to stay in if I was just spending the night over there when you guys still lived there. And I remember one time I was in that room. So this was before Uncle Paul lived there. And mm -hmm. it was like, I don't remember if I was trying to go to sleep or if I was just in there like reading or whatever, but there was a cat. I don't remember which cat because we've had lots of cats. So I don't remember which one it was. But it just suddenly like looked at the wall, looked at me, looked at the wall, poofed up all his fur and then tore down the hallway like a bad out of hell. And I was like, what, what, why are you doing that weird cat? And I told mom about it, which was weird because I really never told her much of anything because I tried to avoid talking to her as much as possible. But again, separate podcast. But so, but I told her about it because I was really freaked out because I had <laughs> never seen this cat do that because it wasn't like, it was an older cat. It wasn't like a kitten that ran around crazy. It was a cat that normally just laid around and you pet it and that's all it did. So that freaked me out. She's just like, oh, cats just do that sometimes. And see, and this is why I never told her things because she wasn't helpful. <laughs> but. Story of my life. I was so. But that I thought was really weird, which is almost kind of making me wonder if it was something else causing people to want to just veg out in front of the computer. Well, it could be that maybe uh, that land in, in, in White House, Ohio, a lot of it was, I don't mean to sound cliche, but it was um, Native American occupied for a long time. It had a lot of history. You have battles that were fought in the area. There were, and if, um, if anybody is, you know, want, wants to actually look this up, um, if you want to look up Battle of Fallen Timbers, our... Like at the time when we lived in this area, the middle school was actually called Fallen Timbers <laughs> Middle School because yes. it was in that area. That, so that whole area, even the Battle of Fallen Timbers, the French and Indian War was yeah. fought in that area. It was um, colony occupied for a long time. There was French colonies and English colonies that had set up shop in the area uh, it has that land has a lot of history well, and there's like actual so like to, to, to 
I, I wouldn't discontinue it out. But because it, even though it was a new house that, you know, we had moved into, that doesn't mean it wasn't haunted, which is well, and that what is, we're talking about. That today. is really the scariest part of this entire topic, I think, is that people have this idea that in order for a house to be haunted, it has to be old or it has to have had a murder happen in it. But the fact is, all land, no matter where you are, has existed since the beginning of the earth. Yep. So you don't know what happened. Any Anything could have happened here at any point in time during history, no matter where you are. How old the actual house is, is irrelevant. You can build a brand new house and you can still have ghosts in it because, you know, the earth is however many billions of years old. So there were people, wherever also, you are, there were people there the can, whole time. There's a theory that I've heard that you can buy an older house even that's not haunted. And then the person who at one time lived there dies. There's a theory that like oh, people yeah. return to in their they they will return to in their spirit form the place where they were the most happiest. Right. So if you have a, an older gentleman in his 80s and 90s who as a kid grew up in your house and it's not haunted now, but then he dies of natural causes, he might just return there. That's true, yeah. Because that's know. where he was the most happiest. You could have right? lived there for 10 years, no problems. And then all of a sudden, and, and honestly, I wouldn't be too worried about that because he's probably just like, hey, I just really want to live out my time here being happy, but right. you never know. And that's the thing. And that's kind of why we started with these stories before moving on to some of the creepier things, because when you're talking about real life, a lot of times the ghosts really aren't doing anything negative or harmful. They're not, it's not all like what's happening in the conjuring. Like yeah. it's not all terrifying stuff, you know, with, you know, random ass demon ghosts coming out and clapping in your face out of the closet like i would even say i i've seen people investigate the conjuring house um i would say most of what goes on when you do buy a new house that is haunted it's scary to you and it's terrifying to you because you don't understand what's going on and that's true with everything i think Anytime yeah. people have a severe fear of the unknown. If you don't understand what's happening, you're going to be afraid of it. I think I would I would go ahead and say 85 to 90 percent of hauntings in a new home you could very easily coexist with. Yeah, it's OK. So if you things go bang in the night, well, so does your refrigerator ice machine and so does your right. air conditioner when it turns on, like so does your heater so does your dog just all of a sudden your dog gets up in the middle of the night and starts adventuring around and runs into <laughs> furniture. Like you're going to have creepy noises in your house. Yeah. Most of the time a ghost or a spirit living in your house that you buy, they're just trying to coat. They're just, they're just, they just are happy where they're at. They right. don't want to leave or yeah. else they would have left already. And they just, yeah, Maybe at first they'll try to, I don't really believe in that ghosts will try to scare you out of the house. I mean, I think it depends on the individual ghost because I'm very much of the opinion oh, that there's asshole people, yes, which means exactly. there's asshole ghosts. So if the, if the ghost happens to be an asshole, then they will. But I think it depends on the individual. I don't, I don't think, I don't think most of them are trying to do that. I think most of them are just no. wanting a little bit of I attention. I think most of them are just like, I just yeah, they just want to make sure that you see and know that they're there. They just want to make sure right. you're taking care of the place that they love. Right. They lived there. They loved the place. They raised a family there. They have very con strong connections to the place. Just respect their house. And that's all they want to make sure. Maybe, maybe if a ghost is coming at you all of a sudden and is getting mad at you and is starting to scratch you and stuff, maybe you're not respecting their house. Maybe you're letting it go to shit. Do you ever right. think about that? Right, yeah. Huh? Maybe you, you're doing something wrong. Right. Maybe you're being rude. Maybe you've redecorated something that they didn't want redecorated. Maybe you put up a Justin Bieber poster and they were like, what the fuck? That's I would be very mad if I was a ghost. Right. A Justin Bieber in my house. I'd be like, oh, we're starting shit. Right. Yeah. Like that. that's the Shit's point where I'm about to go down. Right. I'm going to start. That's that's when, you know, the ghost starts tearing stuff down off your walls. I mean, but you kind of had it coming at that point. Just saying. Didn't have a 
Also, I think if you just, even if you are doing something that the ghost doesn't necessarily like or appreciate, I think if it's coming out of a place of love and making the house better, they're like, you know, I may not like it. It may not be my style, but. Right. And like I said, I think I, w- I would go ahead and say 85% of new house hauntings are friendly. Yeah. They're, they're Casper. They're Casper level. Right. Yeah. They're, they're friendly ghosts. It's, it'd, it'd be cool. But I think I would say most ghosts are kind of like that. Like they like a lot of paranormal uh, investigators will tell you if you're getting scratched or stuff in the house, sometimes it's like people immediately jump to demon, but it's not. It's just a ghost is trying to get your attention and you're not paying attention. And they accidentally scratch you and they accidentally off. They accidentally knock things down. They accidentally. I, I think most hauntings are friendly. Yeah. That's just my I agree. But most so, people are friendly. I mean, when you yes. get down to it, yes, there's asshole people, but most people are good people, friendly people. Right. Who just don't want to live their life. And I would say ghosts are like that. I agree. So do we have did you have any other experiences in that um White House house that you can think of? I would just say like after my uncle died. I mean, I was very young living in that house. I kind of remember some things, but, like, I wouldn't say anything, like... No other major things. Like, it was after my uncle died, and, like I said, like, I did hold, I did hold seances. I had no idea what I was doing. So there's, uh, pro- so there's probably all kinds of ghosts there now, even if they weren't there, there could before. Be. There's, there could be. That whole place is filled with... Oh, I do remember one other thing, and this is super strange. Like, I regularly have dreams about, like, driving past that house and then trying to figure out, like, why I'm there. Like, to this day, mm. because the only other house that I have ever had dreams about like that is Grandpa. But Melvin's house and that was clearly haunted so that is also kind of interesting because I don't have that that is interesting because I don't I don't have that about that house I have that about my old school St. Hedwig's also haunted <laughs> I I have dreamed yeah that place mm, another podcast right I have dreams about being stuck in that place I have dreams about uh the old house in Rossford sometimes very rarely, but they do happen. But no, not about that house. Like, I don't actually think about, I try not to. Well, that's the weird thing too. There was some real life trauma. Right. Dedicated to that house that I just don't want to deal with. But see, um, that's the weird thing. Like, I don't. not even when I lived there. The trauma happened after you lived there. Right. That's a plot twist (laughs) for all you listening. Right. Yeah, that's, again, because we both were under very stressful situations. Yeah. When we were in the house. So maybe that, maybe that stuff was paranormal. Maybe it wasn't. It's hard to tell. But, you know, there are some houses, at least that people say, where you very clearly can tell. So I want to talk. Oh, I lived in a haunted house. You did. And we, I think we talked about, yeah, we talked about, yeah, we've we've talked talked about about the Rossford house. So that place was haunted since I moved in. Right. Like that wasn't stress. That was that place is haunted. Right. We've had a medium confirm that our friend she confirmed it for us. We have. It's for sure haunted. We, yeah. We 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 have gotten verification of that. So what I mm-hmm. want to talk about now, I want to talk about this house. It's actually apartments now. It's in New York in Greenwich Village, and it is literally people refer to it as the house of death. So. It's in New York. That sounds accurate. Here's what really confuses me about this place, though. So it used to be like a single, like just a single family at a time would live there. But it has now been converted to apartments that I think have maybe like there's like maybe 10 apartments or something in it. All right. So this this house, right, 22 people died there at least. I mean, that's just the ones that they know about that are on record. There, It's New York. There might have been more. But it's just, first of all, and this is a part about this that really blows my mind. I'm waving a red flag. Exactly. Because there's a red flag. Yes, that's exactly my point. Like, 
if somebody is referring to a place as the house of death, pro tip, if you don't want ghosts, maybe don't move into a place that people are calling the house of death because 22 people live there. But people still do. Like to this day, people go and they live in the apartments and stuff. And apparently everyone who has lived there has had some sort of like experience there. Um, Have they? I bet. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Such a wow. Okay. Shocker. Right. And and it seems like a cool place. So um, apparently Mark Twain lived there for a while. Um, and if people see his ghost sometimes, he didn't actually die there, but you know, he was there for a little bit. People return to where they were happiest. Exactly. And there's just there's been so many different types of sightings. Now a lot of times it it's just like the normal stuff, you know, the apparitions and shadows moving around and weird smells and people feeling stuff touching them. But like, at least when it was a single family home, apparently no one stayed there for very long. They huh. have, I wasn't able to find information about whether or not now that it's apartments, if people are staying there longer, but I'm almost wondering like, just because it's New York and they're so limited on like the amount of space versus the amount of people that are in New York. If people are like, well, yeah, 22 people died here and it's haunted, but I can afford it and I need a place to live. So guess I'm going to deal with the ghost. (laughs) This is so pre-corona mentality because right now New York has rent incentives to move in. And landlords are trying to have to beg people to move in. So this is clearly pre-corona yes. or pre, I can't say that word. Um, y- you can pre- say it occasionally, but yeah. Pre-plague. This is pre-plague. pre-plague. It's pre-plague. Uh, yeah. Because New York is losing people by the thousands on a daily. But I can see it at the height. Like, yeah, yeah like I would move in be like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But that actually makes me wonder. I, I wonder what's going to happen to it because I feel like, you know, if people are that many people are leaving, I feel like maybe people are going to be less likely to put up with a haunted apartment. So uh, it would be a deal. It's much more of a deal breaker now because yeah. people because before they would have, have to take a what cho- they get. Well, people have a choice nowadays right. in in New York. They they don't have to put up with haunted death. Houses. Right, they don't. They don't have to live in the house of death. They can pick a different. There's, house. A, there's in both LA and New York. There's now rent incentives. When have you ever heard of rent? Right, incentives? yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah. But is is one of yeah. the incentives? There's no ghost in this one. Twenty two people didn't die here, so I think it should be here. one. That that sounds. Yeah, that that to me, it's a rent Gar- guaranteed ghost free. <laughs> Oh, you can't guarantee that in New York. Well, but. that's true. But but so, in a place called Death House. Yeah, yeah it's, would... it's the house of death. So probably there's some ghosts. And so, yeah, these apparently the hauntings have still been happening up through present day. But I do have a theory about this because, you know, I always have a weird ass theory about everything. I think if you have mm. a really big house and it's really super haunted like this one to the point that people aren't staying there. I think you should definitely make it apartments. And here's why. So if you've got one family living in a haunted house, the ghost only has like those people to haunt. But if, and if there's more than one ghost, like, you know, 22 ghosts and only one, you know, one family in there, then you've got all these ghosts. Maybe 13 ghosts. What if there's 13 ghosts in there? Like they're all going to bother that one family. But if you have 10 families living in all these different apartments, then the hauntings are going to be spread out. So like, yeah, maybe each person has an experience every once in a while, but it's not going to be nearly as bad as if you had like four people living in a house with 13 ghosts. You're going to have multiple different families and multiple different people and multiple different apartments experiencing multiple different things. Right. If you have the exact same haunting and you put p- 
people in a house and then those people move out and you have another family move in, they're going to explain to you completely different situations of how right. they experienced the haunting. Yeah. I mean, if you took a family who knew nothing of the paranormal and moved them into a house and then you and I moved in afterwards, you and I are going to be like, mm. That was kind of underwhelming, and I think it was a waste of our time. Like, right. meanwhile, the other family was like, that's the craziest fucking shit. Right. There was a glass moved, man. We put a glass down, it moved. Right. Out of nowhere. And you and I are going to be like, uh, I've seen better. Yeah, like, like I'm just going to be like, bitch, don't fucking move my glass. Yeah, like, I have cats for that. Go, like, go move something on. I'm not using right now, okay? Because don't don't be moving my shit around. (laughs) Seriously. Why don't you go move the broom around on the floor for a while? Right? Yeah. Move that vacuum around the carpet, all right? Yeah. This is the best you got. So, yeah. But, yeah, I do do think that that's a really good point. Well, the people who live in my old school, like I mentioned earlier, I went to a school in Toledo that was well known to be haunted. Like it was haunted. Like everybody in the school, like the teachers, the students were like, Oh yeah, this place is haunted. It was built in like the 1830s. Like it's, there was multiple deaths that happened. Like it's, it's haunted. It's now an apartment building. Right. But I really wish like I could reach out to these people and be like, you know, this place haunted, right? Right. Like, you're moving into a haunted But that's the thing. If you have, like, all those people in there, and if there's only, like, a a few ghosts, they can't be haunting everyone at once. So I feel like it's better. And also, it's less suspicious if you turn it into apartments. Because, you know, people come and go from apartments all the time, so it's not suspicious. Like, if a house is going on the market every six months, people are eventually going to be like, hmm... I don't know about that place. What's going on with it? But I mean, people leaving apartments, I mean, people leave apartments all the time. So it's, it's not suspicious. So if, if you do end up with a giant house like that, um, turn it into apartments or turn it into like a museum for ghost tours. That's, that's what you want to do. If you have a situation with, with a house, that has got a bunch of ghosts in it. So then of course, one of the most famous I moved into a haunted house stories is the Amityville house. I mean, everybody knows about this. I can't imagine there is anyone listening to like a supernatural or horror podcast that doesn't know about the Amityville house. So I want to talk a little bit. I learned some really cool stuff about this that I did not know before. So Ronald DeFeo, the guy who was responsible for the original murders that took place there, that dude's still alive. He's he's still in prison. I did not realize that. But yeah, the guy that killed his entire family in the house, still alive still, and kicking. He's kicking. Yeah, he's, yep. he's I heard that recently. Yeah. yeah, he's still there. He's still in prison, thankfully. Um, he still talks about it quite a bit, too. Yeah. But. hmm. So the first family that moved in after that was the Lutz family. And there was this little boy named Daniel and also still alive. He's in like his early fifties now, I think. And he still talks all the time about the hauntings. So, you know, I think that is really interesting. I haven't heard about anyone else in the family still talking about it, but he still will regularly talk to people and be like, yeah, here's what happens. He kind of blames it for like ruining his life and his childhood and, you know, and if the things that happen that they say happen there are true, I can kind of see that because it was a I lot. Can see it being extremely traumatizing. It was a lot know? more than just normal hauntings like what we've experienced. Well, what we've been talking about of basic haunting houses, yeah, right. this was above and beyond. They, they had yeah. way more stuff going on, and apparently they only stayed there for like a month, even though they got the home for like super cheap. They got a great Mm -hmm. deal on it, obviously, because, you know, nobody wanted to move into a murder house. Red flag. Red flag. Yes. Some dude killed his entire family. Red flag number one. Yeah. 
So it's still pretty cheap, like still to this day, yeah. like if you were to, it's still cheap. Yeah. Although I do feel like now I'm not sure how much of it is because of the hauntings and the murders and how much of it is because of the number of people that constantly want to drive by and take pictures of your house. <laughs> Cause that would be pretty Same irritating. Thing. Same thing. Yeah. But there is debate though, on whether or not the story of the haunting was true. Now the story of the murders, that's clearly true. That's, you can that's, look that up. That happened. Dude's still in jail. Like, that's a real thing that happened. The hauntings, on the other hand, there's some debate about whether or not this is a true I moved into a haunted house story. Some people say that they just made it up for the money. Which I get it because it does sound crazy. Because it's not just like, you know, so, some voices and some stuff opening and close like they're talking they about literally talked about blood dripping down like, from the walls yeah exactly slime and and full-bodied apparitions attacking them like yeah it was yeah like it yeah. was it was really bad there was like you know kitchen knives being thrown around the room and well yeah. and and one of the things that most people say is like the creepiest is Apparently, the little boy Daniel was always seeing this like pig like creature that had red glowing eyes, which. Oh, yeah. The me, pig. I forgot about the pig. Yeah, to me. Yeah, I think everyone forgets about that part because I don't think they put it in the movie. So I think that's why. <laughs> yeah, but you know, they've done. Yeah. I'm sorry. I had to put a flashlight up for you to see. I, I, yeah, I was just going to say, y'all on Patreon are missing <laughs> shadow work that she's doing here. <laughs> but one of the things about Amityville is it that made people disbelieve it so much is it one it did go above and beyond natural hauntings yeah. and to the outlandish claims and obviously there's people living in the house now who's been living in the house for I, I don't know they've been living there, there for a while? while I would say it's been over two decades. I know for sure that these people they've they've redone the house. They've made the the, the famous two windows in the attic. They've redone that. Yeah. They've done work to make it look not like the Amityville house. Um, they've lived there for a while, and they've been like, "We have nothing." Yeah, and that's the thing that I don't hear anything like like besides the natural noises that a old house makes. Nothing. See, and that's the thing, and. That's what makes you wonder, because there is a lot of weird controversy, because apparently, like, they passed a lie detector test. This child, mm -hmm. who's an adult now, has never changed his story. Um, most of the people that have actually come out accusing them of lying didn't accuse them of lying until after they were rich and had something to gain. And yeah. I did. And like you said, you know, like we just mentioned, you know, the house does sell for, you know, a lot less than what it's worth. It's still appraised. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't think it's up for sale, but it's appraised a lot less yeah. than all of the other houses in the area. Right. Yeah. It's it's definitely sketchy. But but then again, the skeptic in me is like, like you said, why haven't any of the other families who lived there? been also coming out saying look at all these I ghosts have a theory yes they moved in very quickly after the murders like within the year i think it was like the murders happened they moved like the house went vacant they moved in there was not much time separated right there might have been other we don't know the family's history like what if there was other trauma going on in the family there was trauma that happened in the house and the combination of all of this created a toxic atmosphere that actually makes a lot of sense because i know that there have been cases where like with poltergeist situations there are you know very often those things start happening when you have somebody that has some sort of huge amount of stress going on in their life. Yeah. So maybe it wasn't actually the house itself that was haunted. Maybe they ended up attracting, you know, some bad stuff that I know. I think 
there was a family right after them and then another, and then the family that lives there currently today. It actually hasn't gone through, I don't think, too many buyers. Yeah, it hasn't sellers. been a ton. It's not like what you would expect. I, I really think it was the, the family that's the Lutz family that's famous for making these claims who wrote the book. There's obviously been the movies, Ryan Reynolds. Do I need to say any more? Like, <laughs> he's, he's obviously made a movie on it. And then there was another family. That I think there was the family that still continues to live there to this day. I would, and then the family that lives there today, like, like I said, they've gone through so many renovations to change the house and to like not make it known. And that the city, the city that Amityville um, is, they refuse to allow any filming of the Amityville horror movies to right. be filmed in the city of Amityville. Like they filmed Amityville in other cities, right. other where, because they, they wanted nothing to do with it. Exactly. If it was false, if it was some kind of thing that they made up for fame, wouldn't you use that? The people who live in there now would be like, no, come in, like, tour the house. Like, they would be profiting off of it. Right. That does make me suspicious. Unless it's real. I mean, I was thinking that, but then at the same time, it could also be just they could have gotten fed up with people constantly wanting to be there. Like, because realistically yeah. the people that live there are already rich. It's a nice area. So, oh, it's an extremely so the nice fact area. is they, yeah. it's, it's not necessarily people that need to make money. So they could very well just be like, I don't want all these crazy ghost hunting people driving around our neighborhood because they have money already. They don't need to make money from it. So that's kind of what I'm wondering. And I'm also almost wondering if but there were if, also if, there's no such thing as too much money. Well, that's true. Like there's there's no, no such thing as too much, but yeah. there is like eventually you get to a point where there are certain things that you're not gonna want to put up with for the money. Speak for yourself. <laughs> but but I do. If I was a millionaire and I lived in a famous haunted house, I'd have tours every Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, I would. I would definitely be doing some tours. But They're like twenty dollars a pop. It actually kind of blows my mind that after that whole thing happened, that the city didn't just buy the house and make it like a museum, unless there was something in the like lawsuit or whatever that happened after the murders that prevents them from doing that. Unless, unless that's kind of, you could, you could put that into the, the category of belief and disbelief, because on the one hand, you could say that's because it's real and they're scared of people's safety. And you could also say that it's not real and they don't want their claims to be disproven. What if I have another theory? <laughs> What if there's oh, no. actually nobody living in the house? What if they're just paying people to pretend that they live there and to say that they live there? Because I would say, how do I sign that up? Because the house is so haunted that people just literally can't even live there. So they just are paying someone to keep the outside looking nice and saying, yeah, I live in this house. I would say, how do I sign up for that job? Because it sounds pretty nice. Right. But- I also wonder too, like, if it if if the stuff was all true, which I'm still on the fence about whether or not any of this happened or not. I but, think that's the allure of the story. But right? I do wonder if, like, if there were all of these ghosts and stuff, maybe the people that move in just like got good people to come do a cleansing and got rid of the ghosts and just want their privacy and they just don't want to talk about it. Or enough time has passed on to where the ghosts aren't necessarily as violent as they were when everything first happened. That is true. They could have gotten over it. Because, well, not gotten over it, just maybe calm down a bit because the the Lutz family moved in directly. I said It was really soon, yeah. It was very soon after the murders a lot of trauma, a lot of, I mean, you listen to the story of that murder and I mean, even the murder itself, the brother who admitted to murdering his siblings and his parents, 
he says a demon made him, like to this day, I think he even says a he demon made that. me do it. And that's, again, it's one of those things that I question, like, because on one hand, it would make sense. On the other hand, he could have been trying for an insanity plea. So. Yeah, but it's been now 40 years and he's still saying that. That's true. Yeah, that is weird, like, because I do feel like, well, and I don't know his situation, like his legal situation. I don't know if there's any chance that he could get out at some point. Because if that's the case, he would need to keep his story straight. I would hope that there's not any chance, being that he killed his entire I family. Don't know. But there's no chance. I've kind of read through the case. I don't really think there's a chance. It's too famous. If they let him out at this point, it would become too much of a national news story. Yeah, that's no. true. I don't know. It wouldn't. No, he has no chance. So that is strange then that he would just keep saying it unless he is actually. Like he might just be mentally he ill. He could actually be mentally ill, and so maybe he was hearing voices, but it wasn't like an actual demon voices. It could have been I didn't take my medication that I should have been taking voices. Although the it, other thing with that would sad situation. The other thing with that though is wouldn't he still be hearing the voices in prison though? True. Because true, true, true. my understanding is he at he least, as, at least as far as I know, he has not attacked anyone in prison because demons told him to. Hmm. So that's you have a very good point there. So I, yeah, I feel I like I feel like yeah. If I it, never thought of it that way. Yeah, if it was mental that's, illness, I feel like he'd still be trying to kill people in prison. And I feel that's, like that's something that would have come up when I was researching. He, and he has like, if you watch interviews with him, he does seem remorseful mm. and. That's a very, wow, that's a very good point. Um, I definitely think it's going to forever be one of those cases yeah. where it's always up in the air. Yeah, I don't think. We're never going to know the truth. No, I, yeah, I don't think there's, yeah, unless someone from the Lutz family comes out and says, yeah, I made it up. Even if you have that you can always make the claim that they're saying that for money they got a book deal they got something they, they well yeah that would that would only that it. would only work if they like came out and said it and didn't get anything from it but yeah but they're not going to do that no and then i mean i sure you also i don't know it's just it's that most popular case of i moved into a haunted house right we ever know the truth no and honestly i don't want to know the truth personally I, yeah i kind of love that it is up in the air and that there is so much to speculate yeah. about because you know i love speculating <laughs> that's one of my favorite things to do is to just say you're what always, well you're always gonna have the paranormal even if it was open for paranormal investigations you would have the paranormal groups who came in and was like we found a shit ton of evidence. The place is haunted. I'm Zach Baggins, and I'm here to tell you that seven demons live in the place. Right. And then you have another paranormal group that came in that was like, <laughs> nothing. Right. So, will we ever know? We, we will never know. No. Is it a great, timeless story that we're going to enjoy Ryan Reynolds shirtless walking through a house? Okay, well, yeah. I did not see that version of it. I only saw the old version of it, so I'm going to need to be watching that version. I didn't know there was shirtless uh, Ryan Reynolds in it. I don't know if it was Amityville, but how, or if it was Haunted in Connecticut. I'm going to say, like, how did how did they work that into the story? Ryan Reynolds was 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 in. I don't remember if it was Amityville or Haunted in Connecticut. Same at the end of the day. It's the same, same thing. Story, it's the, it's the same thing, same and, story, and that's why, and that's why we're doing this entire episode is because. But that is how I think, all. The I stories swear start. to God, it was the new. I swear to God, it was the new Amityville that came out like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and Ryan Reynolds was in it. Well, I have. I swear it was Amityville. I, I haven't seen it, but kudos. It might be haunted in Connecticut. Kudos to the writers that were able to take that story and work Ryan Reynolds being shirtless in it. Because kudos to any writer that just works Ryan Reynolds being shirtless into the plot. Like, right? thank you. God bless you. You are doing God's work. 
All right. So I think that's pretty much what we have for the moving into a haunted house stories. I'm going to talk a little bit about the socials. We're over on Instagram as Sisters and Spirits Paranormal. We are on Facebook as Sisters and Spirits Paranormal Podcast. And if you want to check us out on Patreon and hear all of the crazy stories about the crazy lady and Kara's basement and all the other fun stuff that we put up on there, you can find us at Sisters and Spirits Paranormal over on Patreon. Thank you guys for listening. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.